That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre Around the Campfire. Please join us in tonight's reading of Aladdin and His Wonderful Lamp, Part 8. Hi everybody, just a quick note before we do this story. Just to let you know, uh, Empath Studios has edited the text for this part of Aladdin's lamp uh, that we're telling you. In the end, after trying multiple different things, I just decided cut the word out completely. And uh, so you're going to hear, well, doctor, every time it comes up. Um, and then you still hear the whole story without this outdated and racist stereotype. Um, you know, I don't... Uh, I don't think we should perpetuate that if we can avoid it. We do just need to keep in mind that this text was written a long, long time ago, uh, 1200. I probably should have looked that up before I sat, uh, you know, went to do this little side piece here. I can look it up. But it was written a long time ago, and it's in the collection of uh, Arabian Nights. So um, you got to keep that in mind when you hear the story. But anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Have a great night. It was not until they had satisfied their hunger and placed the remainder aside for the morrow that Aladdin informed her what had happened. When she questioned him, saying, Oh, my son, was not this the same freak that appeared to thee when thou wast in the cavern? Nay, he answered. That was the slave of the ring. This was the slave of the lamb. At all events, she said, it was a terrible monster that nearly caused my death through fear. Promise me, oh, my son, that thou wilt have not further to do with the ring and the lamp. Cast them from thee, for the holy prophet has told us not to traffic with devils. Nay, nay, O oh my mother, professed Aladdin, it were wiser to keep them. For did not the slave of the ring deliver me from death? And has not the slave of the lamp brought us delicious food when we were hungry? That may be so, replied his mother. But hear my words, my son. No good thing can come of these dealings with accursed spirits, and it were better for thee to have died in the cavern than to invoke their aid. And thus she pleaded with him to cast away the ring and the lamp, for she was sore afraid of the power of the evil one. But Aladdin would not undertake to do this, although, in respect for her wishes, he agreed to conceal the objects that she might never look upon them. He also agreed to invoke neither of the Afrites again, unless it were a case of dire necessity. And with this, his mother had to rest content. Mother and son continued to live on the food that remained until, in a few days, it was all gone. Then Aladdin took up one of the dishes from the tray and, not knowing that it was pure gold, went out to sell it and buy food with the proceeds. It was not until they had satisfied their hunger and placed the remainder aside for the morrow that Aladdin informed her what had happened. 
when she questioned him, saying, Oh, my son, was not this the same afraid that appeared to thee when thou wast in the cavern? Nay, he answered, that was the slave of the ring. This was the slave of the lamp. At all events, she said, it was a terrible monster that nearly caused my death through fear. Promise me, oh, my son, that thou wilt have not further to do with the ring and the lamp. Cast them from thee, for the holy prophet has told us not to traffic with devils. Nay, nay, O oh my mother, professed Aladdin, it were wiser to keep them, for did not the slave of the ring deliver me from death, and has not the slave of the lamp brought us delicious food when we were hungry? That may be so, replied his mother, but hear my words, my son. No good thing can come of these dealings with accursed spirits, and it were better for thee to have died in the cavern than to invoke their aid. And thus she pleaded with him to cast away the ring in the lamp for she was sore afraid of the power of the evil one. But Aladdin would not undertake to do this, although, in respect for her wishes, he agreed to conceal the objects that she might never look upon them. He also agreed to invoke neither of the Afrites again, unless it were a case of dire necessity, and with this his mother had to rest content. Mother and son continued to live on the food that remained until, in a few days, it was all gone, then Aladdin took up one of the dishes from the tray, and, not knowing that it was pure gold, went out to sell it and buy food with the proceeds. In the market he came to the shop of a redacted, a man of exceeding vile methods of buying and selling, and he showed the dish to him. This redacted, as soon as he saw the dish, knew it for pure gold, and glanced sharply at Aladdin to find whether he knew its value. But Aladdin's face told him nothing. So he inquired, What price do you ask, oh, my master? It's value in the market, returned Aladdin. And at this, Redacted pondered, saying within himself, If he knoweth the value and I offer him too little, he will give me a bad name in the market. Yet, if he knoweth not, I should be ruining myself by offering him too large of a price. Perchance he knoweth not. Then, preferring others might call him a rogue rather than the event might prove him a fool in his own eyes, he took a single gold piece from his pocket and handed it to Aladdin. On this and its issue, seeing quickly that Aladdin knew not the value of the thing, for he took the gold piece and walked away, Radakthub repented him bitterly of his rash act, for he could have bought the dish for much less. As for Aladdin, he hastened home to give the gold piece to his mother, begging her to buy food with it. She did so, and they ate and were comforted. And so, from day to day, they lived on the proceeds of one dish after another, which the unregenerate Radakthub bought at cheaper and cheaper prices, saying always that the metal was inferior, and that the demand for such goods was not what it used to be. And when at last the dishes were all sold, Aladdin summoned the Radakthub to his house to inspect the goblets and also the tray, which was too heavy for him to carry to the market. When the Radakthub saw how much silver there was in the tray and the goblets, he forgot himself and offered ten gold pieces for them, at least a thirtieth part of their value. Aladdin took the gold pieces, and the Radakthub departed with the tray, so food was forthcoming for many more days. But at last the money was exhausted, and there was now nothing left to sell. At this, Aladdin, who in deference to his mother's wishes, had concealed the lamp and the ring against the necessitous occasion, brought forth the former and rubbed it, for so, he concluded, was the slave invoked. His conclusion was right, for no sooner had he rubbed the lamp than the Afrit suddenly appeared before him, immense and terrible of aspect. 
What is thy wish, O oh my master? Said the Afrit, for I am the slave of the lamp and of him who holds it. My wish, answered Aladdin, is that you bring me another tray of food similar to the one that you brought before. Immediately, the Afrit vanished and in a moment appeared again, bearing a tray of food exactly similar to the one that he had brought before. He set this down before Aladdin and then disappeared. Mother, mother, cried Aladdin in delight. Come here and see what we have with supper. When she hastened to him, she saw the delicate food and smelt the rich savors. She was pleased, although she knew that Aladdin had summoned the Afrit and commanded him to bring the tray. Look at it, mother, cried Aladdin, and thou wouldst have me cast away the lamp by means of which we have gotten this repast. Oh, my son, answered she, if the slave of the lamp be a devil, then he is a good devil. But for all that, I know I should swoon again at sight of him. And they ate and drank and were merry, the food lasting them some days. Then, just as a tidy housewife clears away the platter after a meal, so, when the food was all gone, Aladdin proceeded to dispose of the dishes as before. Taking one of them, he went forth to find the redacted. But it was chanced that on his way he passed the shop of a fair-dealing man. That is to say, not a redacted. Who had no vile methods of buying and selling, but was just and feared God. When this man saw Aladdin passing, and told him that he had frequently seen him selling things to the redacted, and warned him about him. Thou knowest not how the redacted will trick me, he said. For the goods of the faithful affair spoils to the redacted, and it was ever so, and ever will be. If therefore thou hast aught to sell, I will give thee its full value, and the name of the prophet. Then Aladdin shewed him the dish of gold, and he took it and weighed it on the scales. Did you sell any kind of this to the redacted? He asked. Yes, answered Aladdin. Many, all of them exactly the same. At what price did he pay you? A gold piece for the first, and afterwards less. The merchant looked grieved and spat on the ground. It is not meet that a servant of God should fall into the hands of his redacted. Woe unto him, accursed! He hath cheated thee, sir! For my balance tells me truly the weight of this ditch, which is of pure gold, and its value is seventy pieces of gold. Here is the price of who will sell it. He counted out seventy pieces of gold and handed them to Aladdin who took them and thanked the merchant heartily for his honest exposure of the redacted wickedness. And thereafter he brought the remaining dishes and at last the tray to that merchant and received from him their full value, so that Aladdin and his mother were placed above want and in a comfortable position for people of their station in life. to Empath Studios' presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.